This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Wiggins, lob for Draymond. Good catch. Pass to Porter Jr. to pool. He'll dribble drive. Comes in. Up top to Wiggins. Shot clock at five. Down the lane to the rack and he dunked it! He just put Clark to the floor. Wiggins with a slam, a two-hand slam for Andrew Wiggins, and it was savage. Yes, that's an elevation sensation. Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins has been good mm-hmm. in this series, real good, and that was the wow play of the series to this point uh, for Andrew Wiggins. We welcome you into hour number three, John Dickinson. And Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. It's Warriors this week. We're tipping off our full day of coverage, leading you up to tip off tonight. The Warriors and the Grizzlies. It's game three of the Western Conference semifinals. 5.30 tip tonight at Chase Center. Man, it's going to be epic to be in that building for that one. It's going to be, uh, yeah, quite an atmosphere, as you know. I know that in the commercial appeal I mentioned, I was checking what they're saying uh, in Memphis. Uh, one of the writers said, well, they're going to try to be raucous there to match uh, what you had at FedEx Forum in Memphis. <laughs> okay, that's that's laughable. Speaking of, I, I think we, yeah, we, we know about playoff basketball. Some good crowds there, yeah. though. There were some good okay. crowds there. All right, fair enough. There were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Okay. I, I will just say this yeah, about Wiggins. Ahead. He's playing really well. Need him to make a few more threes. As we know, he shot the three ball really well this year, um, and he's two for 12 so far in the series. He's had good yeah. games, but he's two for 12 beyond the arc. So need Wiggins, you know, primarily need Clay to start making shots. But Wiggins has to knock down a few more of those threes that he's been getting in his first two games. Yeah, Wiggins in, in line with, you know, a lot of the Warriors to this point, shooting it well from two. And also, but but just not from three. The two for twelve overall that matches Clay's two for twelve in game two alone, and then Clay with the three for ten in game one. But he hit the big one at the end of game one that proved to be the game winner as the Warriors won that one, one seventeen to one sixteen. We're talking uh, just about what what stands up as far as the first two games for each team. What adjustments need to be made? How do the Warriors overcome the loss of Gary Payton the second? A uh, big, big loss. Dylan Brooks serving his suspension tonight for the Grizzlies uh, will be eligible to play in game four on Saturday. But uh, or, I'm sorry, on Monday. But yeah, no Dylan Brooks in this one. And uh, the Warriors having to figure out how to contain John Morant at, at, a, at a higher level than they have, uh, or at least than they did in game two. But it does sound like more of the focus for the Warriors in terms of how to get this series on track lies with 
their offense as opposed to their defense. How incredible is it, J.D.? How incredible is it that here we are getting ready for game three of the second round series, and we're talking about how much the Warriors are going to miss Gary Payton the second. Isn't that remarkable? And it's true. I agree with you. It could be a huge factor, a real loss for them, especially in this series. And you go back to before the season started, it was like, is he going to make the team? Nobody nobody wants him. Some of the Warriors wanted Avery Bradley. And here we are talking about, man, they're really going to miss Gary Payton the second. And again, it's probably the single most surprising thing about this whole incredible up and down roller coaster season. No, it really is. And because he and we had, I think it was our buddy Austin in, in San Jose who said, hey, I'm, I'm kind of tired of hearing about Gary Payton the second. He's the 15th man on the team. Well, yeah, he was the 15th man on the team on October the 19th. He was in the starting lineup in game one and yeah. game two of this series. So this is not this is not losing the 15th man on your team. This is losing somebody that was going to be a primary defender against the Grizzlies' best player. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're losing your best perimeter defender. So if they do start the three-guard lineup tonight, it's what I would guess. We'll see. But that's really going to be the challenge um, is two things. As Robin said, you got to get off that fast start. That's an offensive lineup. That's why you have those guys together. they gotta they got to start producing uh, from the jump offensively, and then they got to be able to hold their own defensively with the Grizzlies in the half court hunting not only Clay but also Jordan Poole. One thing about the fast starts I, I, I wanted to get into, or the fast start, let's say, and the Warriors haven't had one to this point of the series with the Grizzlies up eight at the end of the first quarter in, in each game. The one credit, and, and there's a lot to give the Grizzlies credit for as as this series has unfolded, but the Grizzlies keep coming uh, against against the Warriors. That's the one thing, and, and, and we noticed this last year in, in their matchups uh, at the end of the year, and look, that was a very different Warriors team, but the matchup at the end of the regular season, the matchup in the in the play-in tournament game where the Grizzlies did eliminate the Warriors last year, uh, the Grizzlies, you know, they get down eight, they, they keep coming, and there have been times in this series where it's looked like the Warriors are are going to to maybe put the Grizzlies away in, in a game, and they just can't do it, whether it's they can't hit the shot or they can't make the play or the Grizzlies are able to get uh, a, a big three-point play or somebody makes a shot. One one thing the Grizzlies have done is they just they just kind of play their game and, and, and keep coming and, and have been in some ways – blowout proof right like mm-hmm. even when the Warriors seemed in control and 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 seemed like the, the game was insurmountable with them up 10 in the fourth quarter of game one it's just here come the Grizzlies like they are relentless in in their just just fortitude to continue to play good or bad so I think that's that's been part and look you could say the same thing about the Warriors but we you know, the Warriors have been able to you know the Grizzlies haven't been able to really shake them either at times where they've had leads. But I think the one thing about you know getting off to a great start, I don't think it shuts Memphis down. <laughs> you know, it's it's not a bad idea, but I don't think the that the Grizzlies are just tapping out and and done for the night if they got down fifteen early. And we've seen it in their series against Memphis, yeah, or against yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota too. Yeah, you're right. Two reasons for that. And that's one of them. Uh, I think Draymond said what weeks if not months ago. He talked about how they don't get discouraged. He talked about the Grizzlies and they don't let things bother them. So that's part of it. But then. Yeah, to the to the point you just made. I mean, when you're down what twenty twice in a game, including twenty six, and you still win, it really fortifies that notion that all right, we may be down, but we're okay. And I also think they're very confident in their ability to score when they need to against this particular Warrior team. 
And I know some of their shooting numbers haven't been uh, terrific, but I, I think that's part of it too. They're, they're, they have a lot of confidence. They learned in the Minnesota series what they're capable of, and I don't know that they have as much respect for this Warrior uh, defense as they've had for past Warrior defenses. So for those reasons, yeah, you're right. They don't, they're not discouraged when they look up and, uh, oh, they're off to a fast start. That's okay. And they also know that that's the way the series is going to go. It's going to be a, you know, a series of runs, as, as NBA playoff games typically are. But I think it's going to be even more true, and I think we've seen it so far in the first two games, going to be even more true in this series. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero Warriors this week here on ninety five seven the game uh, yeah five one zero on the Xfinity Mobile text line Warriors have struggled all year with with poor starts really after the eighteen and two start to the to the season uh, they they were getting off to some leads in some of those games and and then putting teams away in the in the third quarters a, a lot early in the the, the eighteen and two to forty one and thirteen. Uh, run all the way to to middle of February, right before the the All Star break. Uh, so I think that's you know th- that's look playoff games are, are are one in the fourth quarter. Getting off to a, a start is nice. I just you know to bring it back to what we've been talking about here. I I just don't I don't feel like it, either one of these teams are really going to fold uh, in in some of these tougher. Uh, situations. Uh, just looking at a couple of other things here. I know we've spent a lot of time on 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 John Morant. If there's one player that, that maybe hasn't played well for the Warriors, one player that hasn't played well for the Grizzlies, that that each team would would want to be able to step up and play better in Game Three. Uh, who who would you who would you maybe go to for for each each squad? Well, these are two guys that I've heard compared. Some people say that they're, they're very similar, and of course, it's Clay uh, and Desmond Bain. And both injuries may be a factor in both. Clay is still recovering from his injury. Uh, you know, he's really shot the ball poorly in the first two games. Last game in particular to seem to affect his shot selection, which is discouraging because he looked like he really had turned the corner against the Nuggets. And we know that earlier in the year, well, I should say before the end of the regular season, that was one of his problems. It looked like as he struggled with his shot, it was affecting his shot selection. Looks like maybe that's what happened in the last game, which is discouraging. But I, I think, uh, you know, he's had some time here to get his house in order and get his uh, mind in a good place here. I expect him to play better tonight. And then for Memphis, Desmond Bain is a great shooter, and he's been just average at best. He has had a back issue. I mentioned this earlier. Word out of Memphis is that it wasn't. it's not on the injury report for tonight. So And he practiced, a full practice, I think it was yesterday, whenever they had their last practice. So he should be ready to go. He should be healthier, but he's a really, really good shooter, a really important part. If you saw the Minnesota series, you know that. So Memphis is counting on him to play much better, just as the Warriors are counting on Clay to play much better tonight and the rest of the series. Yeah, I, th- I think that's both both good calls. Uh, where do the Warriors go as far as as the starting lineup for this one? Gary Payton the second had been inserted. Jordan Poole back to the bench. It sounds like we both think the Warriors go back with Poole into the into the starting lineup and they, they start the three guard. Is there a case to be made for Kevon Looney? Uh, I know we've had a couple of people on the, the text line making the case for Jonathan Kaminga to start, I guess, with Jordan Poole coming what? off the bench. How, how do you ultimately think the Warriors go, go about uh, the starting lineup now with, with Gary Payton, who was going to be in the starting lineup, out, and the, the group – Whitey with the three guards, uh, what, a minus 11 in game two and just not hmm. really playing as well since the middle of game three in, in Denver. 
Yeah, I, I expect them to go with that lineup. I expect them to the plan to be if we get that offense going again, as I've said a million times, that addresses many of the issues you're having in this series. You shoot better. You keep Memphis out of transition. Uh, you're not turning the ball over. You keep Memphis out of transition. You're more efficient offensively, and I still think they believe on that. You know, believe in that. Part of the the playoffs is not necessarily we're going to adjust to what the other team's doing. Sometimes it's like, this is what we do. You have to adjust to us. That's what the best teams do. We do our thing. You have to adjust to us. So I think that's part of the Warrior approach here. We're going with this lineup because that's when we're at our best. It's still our best lineup. So you're going to have to adjust to that. So that's what they would like to do. J.D., I'd, I'd love your thoughts on this. Again, I know I've mentioned this before. It does seem to me like Steve Kerr, and I understand it, he really does want to try to keep Draymond and Looney off the floor at the same time. And I know we saw that a lot this year, but as of late, especially since Poole emerged, it seems like he's trying to keep those guys off the floor at the same time. That's not a knock on either one. It's just they're offensively. They don't give you a lot offensively. So that's why I don't think we'll see Looney in the starting lineup. What do you think? Do you see that as well as that appear to be uh, Steve Kerr's philosophy? Yeah, I think it's something that he believes is even more problematic in this matchup specifically yeah, yeah. against the Grizzlies. I think there are some matchups where, where you can get away with it and then and then change it up as as the series goes on. I think this is one where just it's it makes a lot more sense because it gives the Grizzlies too many it, it gives them an extra person yep. that, that they can potentially not defend and and that makes the the job that they were already doing against mm-hmm. the three point shooters, you know, even you know, I, I don't want to say easier, but but able to be more effective, right? Is probably is probably the better way to put it. Yeah, not easy, but easier. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's get Mike in Daly City uh, next year on ninety five seven. The game eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. What's going on, Mike? Mike. Mike, are you there? Mike. No Mike. No Mike. All right. Mike drop. Mike dropped. Mike drop. Mike. Yeah. Mike. Mike. Mike with the mic drop. Uh, I I heard Steiny and Guru talking about that about this uh, this week, and I wanted to bring it up. Uh, the the Warriors in tight games and and offensively, I think they were talking about it a little bit on Thursday. The the Grizzlies know what they want to do. The Grizzlies know who's going to get the ball, and the Warriors are coming down and and they're running their normal open offense and whoever gets the shot is is going to take the shot do the warriors have to hone in on maybe having a little bit more of a a true pecking order offensively down the stretch in games where where maybe it gets a little bit more simplified and they're attacking a matchup as opposed to just coming down and moving the ball around and and seeing how the defense plays them and, and who gets the best shot I don't think so. I understand the point. Again, Memphis is simply just a matter. I mean, it's so simple. And we'll get to the phones here. I know the phones are lighting up here. Um, but it, Memphis attack, it's so simple. It's like Jaw trying to isolate. Jaw's trying to get to the basket. The Warriors, you know, they do have a few set plays, like inbounds plays. They're very good at those. And they have those that they can go to. Their offense isn't as structured as, you know, like Jerry Sloan's Utah Jazz offense or anything like that. I think they have those options. 
I think it just looks that way when when you all, everyone knows they're going to jaw here, and then when he is able to get to the basket, oh, why don't the Warriors do something more like that? Uh, I think if the Warriors are playing better, that's I think that's the issue more than what they're drawing up. The X's and O's, I think it's just a matter of executing better, and I think the Warriors are capable of doing that. Well, I think it comes down to you see other star players on on teams, and this is where the Warriors have been so unique. But it's but it's yeah, worked that's a good for point. them yeah. throughout throughout the years. You just see other star players on on teams, and the ball's in their hands, and they're going. And mm-hmm. it's just they they're going to make the play, they're going to make the shot. And with the Warriors, it's just it's not really in the foundation of of who they are. Uh, but you you know, I think. At times, when things don't click for a team down the stretch, or for the Warriors specifically down the stretch, I feel like the fans there there is a, an element of well, wait a minute, why why isn't Curry you know, why doesn't Curry have the ball in his hands, pounding it on the deck? He's going to take or, or or make the shot or make the play for this Warriors team. But in some ways, it's been part of why the Warriors have been so successful right. is that they haven't done it that way. But I guess the question is, do they need to do that a little bit more? in this series. Yeah, and I don't think they do and I think a game 1, you know, was a, a shining example of that where Clay who struggled, he makes the big shot. Um I think you're going to end up the way the Warriors run things at the risk of oversimplifying it, you know, you're going to have scoring opportunities for some of your best shooters and I think sometimes when it's give the ball to him and you know, one four flat where you get your star up top and then, you know, you got the other Four just spreading the floor. It's just it's easier to guard, and the Warriors, uh, if they're executing, that that was my point. If you're executing, I don't think you need to do that. If you're executing, I think it's more difficult to guard when the Warriors are playing the way they play. All right, let's get Mike back with us here on the phone lines eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Mike in Daly City, what's going on, Mike? Hey guys, sorry the line just dropped. Um, got two points. Uh, first one, I just think. The Warriors are going to have to up their game before they get to the next round. I don't think if they're going to beat Memphis by two, three, four, five points a game that they're going to be able to touch Phoenix the way they're playing. And that's just my first point. And then I have a very controversial point. I'm probably going to get UJD in trouble if you try to bring this up in uh, arenas and then talk to announcers. But since they've been announcing basketball and the three-point shot's been in effect, I think they have the analysis wrong on who's, I guess, gaining what edge on the three-point stats. Like the Warriors were 7 for 38. Memphis was 14 for 45. That's seven three-pointers extra, so they're 21 points that they lost on three-point shooting. And I don't think that's the right analysis. What I like to use is say every three-pointer was a replay. Right? Was the foot on the line or were they behind the line? If you make all seven and they make none, that's a seven-point difference, not a 21-point difference. You know, you're getting three instead of two, not three instead of zero when you make an extra three. The presumption has to be if you made a three-point shot, you were going to make some shot anyway. Just like if you're 10 for 10 and they're 17 for 50, that doesn't mean you lost the game because they got 21 extra points on three. And I don't think a single announcer, I'm not blaming Tim Roy or anybody else, every single announcer that analyzes basketball uses that logic, and I think it's wrong. I don't know what you think. Thanks, Mike. 
No, appreciate it. We'll we'll discuss it a little bit here. What was the first thing Mike had mentioned? I, I wanted to go back to the first thing first, and I, I think he's right. What the first it's thing it's was. a really good point. I think he's one hundred percent right. He says the Warriors are going to have to up their game if if they're going to play Phoenix. They're going to have to play better against Phoenix than they're playing so far. I think that's true, and I think they know that, and I think there's every expectation that they're going to up their game in this round. That's the plan, and we'll see. Obviously, Memphis has something to do with that, but he's right. I mean, I think the Warriors would probably agree the way they're turning the ball over and struggled, especially in the last game. If they want to get to the finals, they're going to have to play better than that uh, if they play the Suns in the next round. Here's the other thing, though. Let's worry about the Grizzlies right now like and I, and I and I hear where Mike's coming from on that point and like but but you got to win this series first mm-hmm. like you got to win three of the next five games and and I think the Warriors are feeling pretty good about where they're at even with the injury to, to Gary Payton the second having home court advantage having stolen uh you know the first game in, in Memphis had a great chance to to win the second game I think they believe there are a lot of things they can control and do better that will allow them to 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 regain control of of this series so I I, but let's just here's the other reality though as far as the Phoenix part this series we all knew was going to take a toll and it this goes back to you know did you want to be the two seed did you want to be the three seed did you want to be the four seed did you want to play Phoenix first on their side of the bracket did you want to play the Grizzlies first the one thing that's that's absolutely on the table now Whitey is this series is whether the Warriors win it in five six seven whatever it is this series is going to take a toll, uh, and it already has taken a toll, I think, physically when you look at, at the dirty play and Peyton being out, but just the, the wear and tear of look how hard Clay and Steph and Draymond are going to have to work and potentially have to work for four or five more games in this series. That is going to take a toll against a Phoenix team that figures to be, and you never know, they could deal with injuries in their own right, and they lost last night, so it's not like their series is is 3 nothing, uh, but the the cumulative toll of multiple playoff series was always going to be i think a big determining factor in whether or not the warriors could win a championship it's one thing to say they can win a series or a couple of series can they win four series at the highest level one on top of the other that was always i think the toughest task for them yeah you're you're 100 percent right i know where he's coming from though because i found myself kind of lapsing into that same thought myself is like, wow, next round Phoenix, if they get past, they're going to have to play better. I, I think it's a good point, but I think if they don't play better, there's a chance they don't even get to play exactly. Phoenix. So, yeah, I, I think that's part of the plan. And then as far as the other thing, um, I, I'm not sure where to go there. I know a lot of times with the analytics, you look at points per possession and three is more than two. Um, but, but you yeah. can't assume that you're going to get a two yeah. either. Yeah. Like that's the only part where I would disagree a little uh-huh. bit with Mike is you don't, you can't assume you're getting a two. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was sort of assuming, well, you're going to get two. Well, you're not necessarily going to get two. You could miss the two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, you know, um, but I so, didn't yeah. get up to early to talk uh, math. With you. I, I don't know about you. I didn't get up no. early to talk math with you, JD. No, definitely. Although I do tend to look at it in terms of okay, they were you know the 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 Grizzlies were a plus twenty one in terms of threes, but then if you factor that out, you know the Warriors were a plus da 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 in twos, and then the Grizzlies were yeah, a plus yeah. da 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 at the free throw line. Like to me, you have to break it down in terms of 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 threes and twos and free throws, and then obviously it all it all adds up at the end. All right, a couple more here quickly before the break. Kathy in Oakland next on ninety five seven. The game. Hey, Kathy. Hi, how are you? Good. My question. Doing well. Why do you, why, can you hear me? Yep. Yep, okay. loud and clear. Why do, you, 
Why do you think Coach Kerr hasn't used Bajelica at all in this series? And do you think Bajelica could contribute either on defense or his three-point shooting or anything, really? Yeah, thanks for the call, Kathy. As far as as far as Bielitsa, boy, it just he just doesn't seem like a fit in this series with all the athleticism and and sheer raw size that the that the Grizzlies have uh, at at their at their center spot. He's got to play center, and I think the Warriors want to play smaller smaller in this series, but with more wing length. I think he would he he'd get attacked and cooked. Yep. defensively is probably the best answer. They would they would eat him up and spit him out. Yeah, he just and that's why he hasn't played. And and that's not the Warriors knew that when they brought him in. He's not a very good defender and he's had to play a lot of center this year and he doesn't defend other teams centers very well. They know that and they're just not yeah, and also the rebounding numbers which have been in the Warriors favor. I don't know that they would be if you'd had more Bielitsa in this series. So he's got unique skills. They're just not skills that, given his limitations, that are going to help you in this particular series, and that's why we haven't seen him. All right, 888-957-9570. We'll pause here. We'll come back. Jim, uh, we appreciate you holding. We'll get you right after the, the break. The phone line's open. we got one more segment until noon, and then I'm going to roll out to Chase Center, and I'll be back at 4 o'clock with, with Warriors Live. Uh, Coz and Allen on into the afternoon, but one final segment, Warriors this week, continuing here on 95.7 The Game. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Gets a screen by Draymond, bounce pass to Wiggins, rotation to Thompson, it's a three, it's way too strong. Porter Jr. tipped it in the air, Williams had knocked away by Porter Jr., Curry takes a three off a dribble, banked it in straight on! The Bank of Memphis was open, and it's 92-89 Warriors! Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, final segment. 888-957-9570. That uh, one of Steph Curry's three three-point yeah. makes in game two mm, on yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, that was uh, – I was sitting behind that basket 
uh, up on the top of the of the lower level in, in FedEx Forum, and and you know you get that angle where where you see it, and you're and you but but you're behind the basket too, so you you see it smack off the board, but you you almost at a second I was sitting by Marcus Thompson, the athletic. We both kind of looked at each other like. Did he bank that? Because you <laughs> and and the answer obviously was yes, he did. Uh, but but yeah, you look at, at at that from being in the building and you think, man, when, when's the last time you saw that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't too proud of that. Before we get to the phones, JD Brian, our fine producer, brought up an interesting point. I want to see what you make of this, and maybe this is a stretch, but I think this is potentially a good sign for the Warriors. It's it's um, cliche that, okay, your your others, your bench players, your lesser players tend to play better at home than on the road. But the Warriors guys uh, coming off the bench actually played pretty well for the most part uh, in Memphis. You know, Porter played well. We mentioned Looney had some good games. Kuminga played really well. And then you got guys, especially in the last game for Memphis, and, uh, like, I think Zaya Williams is a really good player, but, you know, he, he scored 14, hit four of eight. Probably not going to do that. Melton has had his moments. He's a pretty good player. But uh, Kyle Anderson, we'll see how Memphis's others play here in San Francisco, whereas the Warriors, um, their bench players actually played pretty well in Memphis. So I think that's a positive sign for the Warriors as the series uh, comes to San Francisco. That is a really good sign, I think, I think for the Warriors as the series comes to San Francisco, but also as the series at, at some point – goes back to Memphis mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. after game four that you know who's more comfortable in in the opponent's environment and I think that will be that will be something to watch for tonight yes yeah, our Williams was was good huge yeah. in 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 game two I mean really a difference maker in game two I mean if he's if he's one for four from three point you know the Warriors win that I mean there are a lot of those yeah the Warriors could have hit a couple of shots I know they didn't but but that was, you know, somebody playing because Dylan Brooks wasn't playing, and you know, he gave him another uh, defender with with some length that that could bother the Warriors a little bit. But yeah, the three point shots that that he made, the four the four three point shots that he made were were huge in changing the outcome of that game. Yeah, another, you know, Memphis has a good player who hasn't played well. Desmond Baines won, but Tyus Jones also, uh, and give the Warriors some credit, he's a really good backup point guard. He has not played very well. At least he hasn't shot the ball well. So that's another guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Tyus Jones is a better player than what the Warriors have seen in the first two games of the series. Yeah, and he's had some bad games against the Warriors in the past. I know going back to even the Minnesota days, kind of a mixed bag. He's had some good games against him as well, but I, I remember him being a non-factor in you know going back to to his younger days mm-hmm. uh, against the Warriors as well. So I think that is really what what this series is all about at this point is you know how do the Warriors defend John ja Morant? Do they change things up there? Do the others start scoring a little bit more efficiently for the Grizzlies? And then can the Warriors take some better three-point shots, maybe avoid some of the turnovers and get into a little bit more of a, an offensive rhythm? I think if, if the Warriors' offense can get to the level that the Warriors are used to having it at, I think they're comfortable with overall where the defense has been in this series, uh, as Draymond said yesterday, with the potential exception of just a couple of plays maybe down the stretch where they've let uh, John Morant get loose. 888-957-9570. Let's get Jim in Novato uh, here. We appreciate him waiting patiently on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Jim. Oh, Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Great. So, I, you yeah. know, I talking about the bench players, um, I think there's maybe an untapped asset, you know, with the GP 
injury and with uh, with Andre not coming back, I, I wanted to see what your take would be on if you know JTA would get a little a little bit of run. You know, in terms of on defense, he's some length. I, you know, no one can stay in front of John Morant, but he could you know change things up. And he also, I don't think he'll get picked on as much on a pick and roll. You know, compared to some of the other like Looney or something like that. And on offense, you know, he can be the dunker like GP2 was, and he can also be the decision-maker like Draymond in terms of getting out of the, the double teams for, for Steph and Clay. So, and see what you guys thought about, you know, he hasn't gotten any run outside of garbage time in the playoffs. But Yeah, that's a, that's a wild-card pick, and I know a few people have, have said that, and thanks for the call, Jim, but I just I don't know that he can handle the quickness. He's always willing to bang. He's always willing to, to lay a foul on somebody. I, I think the Warriors like his his poise uh, in, in terms of keeping things flowing. He's definitely made for this series in terms of the physicality, but is he made for this series in terms of the quickness and the skill level? That's the part where I'm I'm not so sure. And the way Gary Payton has fit so seamlessly for the Warriors in the playoffs has been he's been able to do little things whether it's cutting or moving without the ball or knocking down open threes to where he's actually been a pretty efficient offensive player for them in the playoffs in addition to the dominant defense. I I feel like JTA may be a little bit too much of a one-dimensional player at this point and and one-dimensional meaning only physicality on defense and maybe not quickness on defense. The great thing about JTA is that if he's called upon, he'll be ready to go no matter what the situation and that's been true of uh, Damian Lee also. And he may not play great, but he's ready to go. Whatever the Warriors need, he's ready to to do his best to, to give it to him. But as far as this series, I think you're right. I agree with you, J.D. They're only going to play JTA if there's somebody gets in foul trouble or they're shorthanded or something where it's like he's almost not an emergency player, but they know they can count on him if they need him. But if they don't feel they need him, they're probably not going to play him. And I think we saw earlier this season – I think they tried him on jaw a little bit, and I don't think it yeah, worked it didn't out. Work. Yeah, to and that's you know that's understandable. But I think they actually gave that a go, and I think they saw enough to realize, okay, that that's that's not really uh, a solution to slowing down jaw. No, I I, I don't think it is. And I, uh, is there a player that hasn't been playing Whitey in your mind that and that that you think would would or could get uh, more minutes in this one. I think w- when I think of you know, when I say player that hasn't been playing, I mean I Damian Lee and Kaminga have been playing, so it would be you know Moody, JTA, somebody like that. Um, I know Kathy was talking Bielitsa. about Bielitsa. Yeah. Um, no, you know how it is in the playoffs. Even though the Warriors tend to play more guys maybe than other teams, uh, the rotations get pretty tight here. So we know what the plan is and who. Who's going to play? And and yeah, the only guy that really comes to mind, even though he's been playing, Damian Lee's probably going to get more minutes, and we'll see how many more minutes Kuminga gets as well. Here, as the Warriors try to figure out how to divvy up the minutes that have been going to GP two. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors this week here on ninety five seven. The game is the Warriors and the Grizzlies. It's game three of the Western semifinals, 5.30 tip-off here. We got you covered all through the afternoon. I know big day over at uh, Oracle Park mm. with the Buster Posey day. And uh, fans, if, if they're going to uh, either game, but if you're going to the Warriors game specifically, I know that one starts at 5.30. The Giants game starts at, at 4.15 this afternoon. So make sure you allow, if you're heading uh, out to, to that area, 
this is really I, I know it, they were built to be able to with with you know, withhold a couple of events and and as many as maybe sixty thousand people in in the area. But uh, this is going to be a true test on a Saturday afternoon with a, a, a highly attended Giants game and obviously a, a Warriors playoff game. So I know the Warriors are encouraging people to, to leave early and take public transportation if you're headed down in the area with, with both games going on. Yeah, and I know the way the Giants have been hitting the ball, they're going to, hey, Buster, look, what are you doing today? Why don't you stick around? Come on. Come on. You don't want to retire, do you? They're going to try to, they're gonna try to get Buster back. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they could use him in the lineup. Uh, tonight, but yeah, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a, a big night of sports here. And and JD, if the Warriors do struggle tonight, I think it's a huge game. Obviously, Memphis trying to steal back home court. There's just so much at stake here with the Warriors trying to convince the the Grizzlies. You know what? You you guys are having a nice year. You can't play with us, especially at home here. This is such a huge game. Uh, if Memphis were somehow able to win tonight, and I don't expect that, obviously it's possible, but if they were, I think the Warriors all of a sudden would be in real trouble if they don't get the W tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think this is a this is a more – it's an important game for both teams, but I think this is a more important game for the Warriors to have an answer after losing mm-hmm, game two, mm-hmm. now knowing that they're losing Gary Payton the second, and also knowing, Whitey, as we talked about – in the last hour, the fact that you brought it up, and it's a great point, this series starting tonight goes every other day Mm -hmm. uh, until there would be a potential Game 7, and there's going to be some travel mixed in there with with between Game 4 and 5, between a Game 5 and a a Game 6. I think the longer this thing goes with the every other day component, it it favors the younger, fresher-legged team, and that team is the Grizzlies. Yeah, I hope the Warriors... So win tonight when you're rested, Whitey. Win tonight when you're rested. Yes, and I hope, you know, there's going to be a lot of back and forth and it's going to be hotly contested, I hope, as far as the the cheap shots and the dirty plays and crossing the line and flagrant twos. I hope we're done with all of that, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're not. But I'm hoping for everybody's sake that we are and we don't see any more of that because, as I said, what Dylan Brooks did in the last game, it, it almost made me physically... I felt a little queasy just seeing that because it was just such a crossing of the line. And given what sports is supposed to represent, it made me a little sick. So I hope I know it's going to be really hotly contested, but I hope we're done with all of that because we don't need any more of that. That was the most gutless play I've ever seen in professional sports. It it was it was it was pretty bad, and not surprising that Brooks wound up with right. the, the suspension, right. especially once the announcement was made as far as Peyton and how long that, that he was going to be mm-hmm. out, Whitey. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think there's much doubt about that. And you look at uh, the Warriors have been pretty tight-lipped. I think, you know, it's not really Steve Kerr's style to, to say somebody is going to, to retaliate. I know you mentioned at the top of the show you thought that Brooks – uh, was uh, uh, the play on Peyton was a retaliation for for the Draymond Brandon Clark play in in Game One? I don't think the Warriors, and at this point, I think it would be on them if they were going to to retaliate. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think though that's their style going into it, and I think they also know from all the championship experience that you gotta you gotta go win the freaking game. <laughs> you know, you gotta go win the game. That's the most important factor. Not get into the the back and forth and the physicality uh, because let's be honest, the physicality and all that stuff that favors the Grizzlies, right? Like that, like the Warriors want to play a smooth game. Yeah. You got, you don't, you can't get pushed around and all of that, but the Warriors want to play more. They want to play basketball more than the Grizzlies 
you know, who, who want to be throwing their weight around and feel like they have to be physical because that's the only way you can beat a team like the Warriors. Yeah, if the Grizzlies drag the Warriors into um, more physical play one way or the other, yeah, advantage Grizzlies. So the best retaliation for the Warriors right now, and they know this better than anybody, is just to go out there and, 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 and you know, beat them like a drum and get this thing wrapped up and play Warrior basketball and forget about that. And if something comes up, something comes up, no one's going to back down. But you just have to focus on the task at hand, which is kicking their asses tonight. What do you think of Dylan Brooks still not meeting with the media and addressing the, the flagrant foul two and the ejection and the suspension and now the, the prolonged injury to, to Gary Payton II? It, it surprised me. Uh, I know I've been talking to a couple other media members uh, about the fact that, like, why to me, and I know the Grizzlies flew out here, I guess, Thursday and, and practiced here yesterday over at the, the Warriors facility in, in Oakland, the old old facility in Oakland. And I think, to me, I'm surprised that, that he didn't meet with the media before the team left, get it in with the local people there, and, you know, all he's got to do is – apologize hey I wish it hadn't happened I wasn't intending to injure him it's a bad play I'm I, I have to own it and and I wish him nothing but the best hey I reached out to him you know hopefully you would think he had but but none of that has happened to this point I'm not sure how much it affects anything on the court but I do think it's peculiar that the, that the Grizzlies are almost hiding from uh, some level of, of accountability for, for Dylan Brooks in this thing. Yeah, I was glad to, to hear, as I mentioned earlier, that Brandon Clark at least came out on Zach Lowe's podcast and said, yeah, that was too hard of a foul. That was, that was, that was, he didn't use the word dirty, but he admitted. So to me, it speaks to my guess here is that Dylan Brooks doesn't, doesn't want to go there. There's two ways to go. Either, man, I was bad. I'm sorry. Well, you're going to have to go there after. But here's the thing. If you don't go there yes, if you don't go there Thursday or Friday or Thursday before you leave Memphis or Friday here, obviously there won't be a media availability for him today because he's not playing in the game. Uh, so is he going to address it tomorrow at practice or is he going to wait until after game four and then have to address it on the, on the podium? Like at some point he's going to have to address like to me there's there's no good that i'm not sure how much it affects the game but there's no good for him in waiting until say monday night after he plays another game to address it because it's still going to be the most important thing that anybody has to talk to him about yeah but it may hinge here on what how he feels about it what he wants to say if he and i don't know but if he's saying look i'm not going to apologize maybe you know someone saying well that's not going to do us any good here for you to further inflame things here before this game. I don't know. I, I know he will have to address it, but I don't know if he's a type here is going to be able to say, yeah, that was a oh boy. I wish I hadn't done that. I don't know that he wants to do that. And he may believe, you know what? That's playoff basketball. And if that's the case, um, maybe it's better for him. You know, the longer you take to say that, maybe the better because again, you don't need to inflame the Warriors or their fans any further. So to me, it may speak to that. Why haven't we heard from him? Maybe he really doesn't want to come out and apologize. And if that's the case, maybe the Grizzlies are trying to get him to think that through. And and that would that would be an issue if um, you know it's either he comes out and says I'm sorry. If he doesn't want to say that, then all right, what are you going to say? I thought Taylor Jenkins was in an odd spot. I don't think he handled it very well because he didn't say, "Well, that was a bad play." We, we, you know, we're not dirty, but that was a bad play. He didn't want to do that. So, what's what's Dylan Brooks going to do? I'm anxious to see which way he's going to go. I'm not sure he's going to come out and apologize, JD. I think clearly he should. I'm just not sure he's gonna. 
you think he's he's going to go and I, and you you may remember this and I mean this was this was a long time ago when I was a kid um, and coming up and I remember going to a game in in Sacramento the the, the Kings were playing the Rockets and this was you know I think it was Robert Ory's rookie year and uh, Walt Williams player for the the uh, the Kings at that point he he drove in the lane and, and Robert Ory swiped down on him hard fouled and broke his hand. Came out, broke broke his hand. Came out, and Robert Ory was asked about, "Hey, you know, Walt Williams broke his hand," and and Robert Ory said, "Yeah, well, he should drink more milk." <laughs> well, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, to do, a degree. Do you remember I, that? Do, I, do you remember that? So, do you think Dylan Brooks is going with the Robert Ory? Like, well, he should drink a little more milk. He may. I think he may be, and it may be a case where he's thinking of that, and maybe someone saying, "You know, you can't do that, Dylan Brooks." But I wouldn't be surprised at all if his. He wants it. He's not going to apologize. Um, so I, I'll be very anxious to hear what it's again. If he says, I didn't mean to hurt him. Well, it's like, well, you didn't care if you hurt him or not. That was very reckless. So, um, yeah, I, I'll be a little surprised if he comes out and says, boy, that, yeah, I went too far there. I don't know that that's the way Dylan Brooks is wired. No, and he is, you know, talking to some people on the Grizzlies side, I mean, he is the, for those that don't know, I mean, he is the, the player on the Grizzlies most apt to find himself yeah. in the position where he's suspended for a game for a flight. I mean, he is, he is their Draymond, I mean, to be, to be perfectly honest, in, in terms of temperament and, and wanting the smoke. I mean, two very different, different players, but, but he, is, he is that guy for them, picking up technical fouls and mm-hmm. getting into it with the officials and, and mixing it up with the opponents. He is that guy mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, he definitely is. So he he may be feeling like, hey, you know what? That's what I had to do. And if that's how he feels, I could understand why he is, does not want to come out with that uh, at this point. Uh, I, I tell you what, I do think he was lucky to even get just the one game because that was really egregious what he did. Um, it could have been even worse than it was. And I don't know that the NBA should base punishments on whether players are injured or not because you never know when a guy's going to be injured or not. That was that could have been a lot worse, actually. It was brutal, and he's lucky he only gets the one game in addition to the flagrant two and the ejection. All right, Whitey, we got three games. Well, at three games minimum could be four, uh, as many as four, by the time we're back doing this show again a week from today. Uh, where Where do you think things are going to stand a week from today with game three, four, and five. We know that the potential for uh, a game six uh, on Friday night. Uh, where do you think this thing stands when we speak again on, on this program? Is it over? Are the Warriors on to Phoenix in the Western Finals, or are we gearing up for a game seven? I feel even more confident in my prediction, pre, pre-series prediction, that Warriors would win it in six at home. Uh, I think clearly we've seen if they're playing Warrior basketball, they're the better team right now especially with Dylan Brooks out. So, yeah, the Warriors take care of business tonight. Um, but I do think – and then, you know, they win two here, then Memphis wins, and we wrap it up game six. Warriors going to wrap it up in six at home, J.D. What, what about you? Yeah, I think it's going to be 3-3. Three, three. I, I, think, I think the Warriors were on a path toward winning it in, in six and maybe even having a shot to, to win it in five. But the Peyton injury, I, I don't think that's nothing. I think the team split here. Uh, I, I think they go back to Memphis. It winds up three to two, uh, and and the Warriors end up tying it next Friday night. And we're talking about a game seven and mm. a third trip to Memphis uh, coming up uh, a week from today. But either way, tonight's going to be awesome. Can't wait to get out to Chase Whitey. Great stuff, my man. Uh, we appreciate the help of Brian uh, in studio as well. 
Uh, thanks a lot. Coase and Allen are coming up. Allen's going to join me for Warriors Live at 4. They've got Matt Kane uh, and Gary St. Jean coming up as well. Uh, so it's a it's a busy, busy day. A lot going on in the Bay. They got you covered. We'll talk to you at 4 right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.